I am getting back to go to Africa. I will be in, I will be ministering to, to 10 countries in Northern, Central, and Eastern Africa. Targeting about 100,000 people and targeting about 1,000 pastors in leadership conferences this summer. Doing a church plant, a uh, totally new Baptist church in a new region. Working with orphanages, the less fortunate in that region. And once again, I came to seek your prayers and your blessings as I go my way. I feel good when I know that I am going on behalf of. This is not my show. This is our show together. Amen. So I came to ask you to send me. That when I'm out there, I know that they have people back who are praying for me and who are thinking about me. Yes, sir. Pastor Jamal, in our, in our homiletics or science of preaching, you got what you call expository preaching. That is what I espouse a lot. It is a preaching that focuses on a particular text with immediate context and a larger context of the Bible. And then you have what you call textual preaching. It is a preaching that is focused on a text, maybe with a media context, but not so much the larger context of the, the Bible. Then you have what you call topical preaching. It is not bad altogether, depending on one, how one does it. Charles Spurgeon actually was a topical preacher. Yes, sir. And usually the badness comes when the preacher has what he wants to do, then he goes to the Bible to get the support for what he wants to do. Then if there was a, a fourth kind of preaching, I would call it, and that's what I want to do this morning, <laughs> systematic preaching. Yes, sir. There are certain topics that you cannot go to a particular passage and find their full, richest extent. So you have to biblically glean like a puzzle and put them together. Yes, sir. In theology, it's called systematic theology. But I would call it systematic preaching this morning. If you don't mind, I want you to turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11. Hebrews 11. And if you are able, stand for the reading of God's word. Yes, sir. Hebrews, chapter number 11. And I want to read in verse number 13 through 16. Hebrews 11, verse number 13 through 16. If you're there, we'll read together. Hebrews 11, 13 through 16, the word of God says, These all died, referring to the heroes of faith. That is the chapter yes, of heroes. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. But having seen them afar off, they were assured of them, they embraced them, and they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Yes, sir. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind the country from which they had come out, they would have had an opportunity to return. But now, everybody say, but now. But now. They desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Mm. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Mm. Holy Father, in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. I plead with you now yes, Lord. that your anointing will be in this place. Yes, Lord. God's people will find God's encouragement in the word of God. Yes, Lord. And as I take a moment to turn our eyes heavenward this morning, yes, Lord. the place where we will spend the rest of eternity, 
Yes, Lord. Help us to have a grasp that we might think about it for just a moment this morning. Yes, Father. And now, Father, with all humility, yes, Lord. I hide behind the cross. Yes, Father. That Jesus may be seen and lifted high. For he alone is worthy. Yes, Lord. In the most glorious name. The Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. I am going to do what I am doing in the last, these last days when I preach in America. I decided to do a someone that I do in the mission field. This is someone I preached for a long time. And there is no one single someone that God has used to bring thousands, if not millions, to the kingdom of God through this someone. I want to talk of the subject, of the, of the, of the topic this morning, why I look forward to heaven or why I want to go to heaven. People ask me the world over, Juma, at the seminary, at schools, wherever I am, they ask me, what is your secret? What is the motivation behind what you are doing? Why is it that you have the passion to call men and women to Christ? Why do you do what you do? Why do I call boys and girls in America, men and women, ah, in the corners, in the cities, in the towns of our world? Why am I compelled to do this from the age of 15 to this very day? The reason why I gave my youth and my adult life and um, the rest of my life to this course, there is a reason for it. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe in heaven. Amen. I believe in heaven. I, I am convinced and persuaded like these heroes of faith that there is a better city and a better homeland yes, somewhere. Yes, sir. I am convinced that I am a stranger and a passerby in this world. I am heading somewhere. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is not my home. Yes, sir. I am on a transit. I am going somewhere. And I'm taking men and women, boys and girls with me. Because I believe there is a better city and there is a better country somewhere. Yes, sir. That is why Moses... Even though the prince of Egypt, that is why Abraham, even though the father of a nation, that's why David, even though a king, they said if they had had an opportunity to, to, to turn back. But, but, but now, they were seeing with the eyes of faith a better country than Egypt, a better place than Canaan. They were looking for a better city, and so they declared and counted themselves strangers Amen. and pilgrims in this world. Think about heaven every time my plane takes off. Reminding myself, one of these days I will take off, but I will not land here again. I think about heaven every time I prepare a message reminding myself it could be the last time I preach and I turn it over to the great shepherd and Juma will rest from that moment on. I think about every, I think about heaven every time I go to bed reminding myself it may be the last night before I wake up to a land in which there will be no more nights or darkness or sleeping for that matter so I think about heaven I dream about it in my sleep think about it when I drive and I want to ask you this morning what picture comes to your mind when I talk about heaven this morning For some of you, it may be a child that God gave and God took away. And you 
saw them for a short time, but they returned to be with the Lord. For some of you, it may be a mother or a dad or a sister or a brother or a friend or a sibling, a relative that God took away. He longed to see them again. For some of you in this church, maybe somebody that you know so very well, who was a member of this church, who, who was a believer in Christ and God took them away. And they have gone ahead of you and you want to see them again for some of you you may not have given much thought to the topic of heaven a place where you and i will spend the rest of eternity i do hope that by the time we're done this morning that you will have given a serious consideration about heaven whether or not you want it pastor jimal when i preach in the mission field i preach for one week monday through sunday on a Saturday, I will be actually giving every topic, every day, what I'm talking about, so people can look forward to what is coming up. And I usually end my crusades with eternity. And so on Saturday, I will be talking about hell, and on Sunday, I will be talking about heaven. And I will promote it. I will tell people, on Saturday, we are going to go to hell. I'm going to take you there for a short time, so that you don't take it for my word. I want you to look at it. But I promise you, by the time I'm done, I will bring everybody out of hell. I will not leave you there. <laughs> but on Sunday, I will also take you to heaven and I will show you. But I will let you decide if you want to come back or not. <laughs> I want to give you six quick reasons why I look forward to heaven. Yes, sir. Number one. I look forward to heaven because my departed loved ones are there already. My departed loved ones are there already. And I'm going to read these verses very quickly. So if you're writing, just write them. You probably will not be able to keep up with me. But I'm turning to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4 and verse number 11. Verse number 13. The word of God says this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 13. The Bible says... But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who are fallen asleep. Amen. Lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring him uh, with those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means Proceed or go before those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you, but as a pastor in Africa, when I dealt with the people who are dying, who are hungry, who are dying of HIV AIDS, almost every week, I baptized a church member. My own sister, the only sister I had, whom I led to the Lord, baptized and pastored, passed away when I was in the mission field in, uh, in Tanzania. And I come back and I was told that Phoebe has been called home. I remember this old lady who walked about nine miles every Sunday morning to come to church. Wow. Mama there. She got so weak. And the last time I saw her, I was alone. And I did not have a vehicle in Africa. And I went to her room. And she was so frail and sick. And I remember carried, carrying Mama Waidera in my hands. And calling a taxi. And we took her to the hospital. And that was the last time I saw her and I buried her. I have so many members. I could, I could go, I could go uh, to a hundred names this morning. We don't have the time. But ladies and gentlemen, these friends, these people, Mamuadera, who died in weakness, in pain, in sorrow, the Bible says one of these days, 
the clouds will give way and the Son of God will come down with a trumpet sound of an archangel and the dead in Christ will rise up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And when they rise up, my friends, there will be no more HIV AIDS and there will be no more frailty and sickness. I will go to Mama Waivera and Mama Waivera will tell me, Pastor Juma, thank you for your hand, but from now on I'm okay. Amen. Because we will be given those glorified bodies. Yes. Amen. In this body, you and I wake up every morning and we ache and we groan, so Paul says. I woke up this morning and I was trying to shave. And before I knew it, I cut my face with my own razor blade. And I'm going, what kind of a body is this? <laughs> <laughs> but one of these days, the Bible says that we will receive the glory like the one Christ had after resurrection. This body is not subject to sickness, death, nor injury. Yeah. Oh, I miss them. I miss my sister. But this is the comfort. This is the difference between you and, and between we and them out there who don't know the Lord as Savior. Paul is saying, we do not sorrow like those who do not have hope. Yes, yes. That's why Paul is calling them. They are not dead. They are sleeping. Yes, sir. And they will wake up only in a better place, only with a better body, only with a better condition. Where death will be no more. And pain will be no more. And I have so many friends. Who have gone ahead of me. My fellow pastors. My fellow members. My fellow friends. And I look forward. To seeing them. I miss my sister. And I miss my wife there. I miss Tobias. I miss these people that helped me serve the Lord and love the Lord. But I know they've gone ahead of me. And I will see them again. When the night is over and the morning comes and we wake up. In the coming of the Lord. When the trumpet sounds and the Son of Man comes back. Number one reason. I look forward to heaven. It's because my departed loved ones are there. Number two reason why I look forward to, he to heaven is because my treasures are there. My treasures are there. I turn to the book of Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 19. Matthew 6, 19, Jesus says these words. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth nor, uh, and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Yes, sir. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Yeah. I can tell very quickly this morning where your heart is mm. by seeing your wallet and checkbook. I can tell where your heart is this morning. I am um, reminded of this story a man who came into town and, uh, and he came to visit his friend and um, his friend, his host was so rich, he decided to show his guest all around and his position and things like that. And so he took him out and he pointed, he pointed to the east and he said, you see that there, that is my factory there. That is my industry. And, and he pointed to the west and he said, you see that, that is my farm out there. And he pointed to the north and he said, okay, uh, uh, th that there is another farm of mine. Mm. And he pointed to the south and he said, that there is another factory mm. of mine. And his guest was so impressed. He looked at his horse and he said, sir, you are a blessed man. I can tell every side you got something. On this 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 side you got something. But I have a question for you. What do you got on this side? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, I became to the Lord. I came to the Lord at the age of 15. This is what I've done. And I preach around. I tell people, 
I, I don't have a lot in the account. In fact, I preached to someone last year in my church back in Africa with my teams from America, and I reminded my church I did not go to America to fall in love with the American dream because there's so many who come and they, um, their churches lay hands on them and they tell them, you go learn theology and come back and help us. But that was the last time they were seen because they came and fell in love with the American dream and, and began to pursue riches and everything and they forgot their calling completely. And so I reminded my church, I, I don't have a lot in my account. And if you wanted to, in fact, somebody came to me and was asking, where is the Juma Juma Towers downtown in Nairobi? Because you've been in America for so long. Mm. America is a place with so much money. Why don't you build these towers? And I said, I may be a fool, but I'm willing to be a fool. If you wanted to see my Juma Juma Towers, then look at the thousands of souls that come to the Lord every summer in Africa. Look at that orphan that has a smile on their face because I intervened in their lives. And so I don't have a lot in my account. But ladies and gentlemen, let me remind you something this morning. One second after your death, one second when you die, you and I will realize that only the investment that you put in the word of God and the soul of man will go beyond your grave. I guarantee you this. If you doubt me, check Luke 16 and find a rich man who did not know what to do with his riches, but when he crossed over, he became so poor, he begged a drop of water. He could not afford it. Only the investment that you put in the word of God, in the souls of women and men, boys and girls, will go beyond your grave when all is said and done. The question I have for you this morning, what kind of a Christian will you be in heaven? Will you be a poor Christian or a rich Christian? Pastor Jamal, I don't know about you, but how dare you, how do you, how dare I, how do I stand before Christ empty-handed? The one who gave everything, including himself. How do I look at him in the face and stand there empty-handed because I never did nothing? How do I? How do I face him? How do I look at him in the face? Empty handed. How? Because your turn and mine will come. There will be a day when believers will be judged not because they, 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 they want the decision is about hell or heaven. No. If you know the, the Lord Jesus, you are saved. But there will be a day you and I will be judged according to what you have done. For Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Yes, Paul sir. says those. And so your name will come. And my name will come. Turn by turn. One by one. And it will be my turn. And I too will be judged according to what I've done. How dare I stand before him. Empty handed. How do I look at him. In the face of him who gave everything for my soul. Empty handed. Hmm. I don't have a lot in life. But I look forward to heaven because my treasures are there. Amen. I do. Yes, sir. I don't have a lot in the account. But over 20 years. Maybe I'm a fool. But I've been investing over there. I've been investing over there. What kind of a Christian will you be when we get there? Number three. Why do I look forward to heaven? I look forward to heaven because my mansion is there. 
my mansion is there. You're going, Charles, I thought you said you don't want, you, you don't care about houses and cars and all that. Yeah, I don't care, but I care about this one. <laughs> this, this one I care about. The word of God tells us in John 14, verse number 1 through 3, I read, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Yes, sir, I yes, go sir. to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Any wonder then that Abraham left Canaan and, and Moses decided to leave the riches of Egypt because there was a better mansion somewhere more than they ever built in Egypt with all the pyramids and technology. This house I'm talking about, this city I'm talking about is not built by human architect. Yes, this is God himself. He put the foundation. This is a better city. Ladies and gentlemen, in my short life, I've gone around the walls. I have seen your Hoover Dam and, and, and Death Valley. I have been to, I've been to uh, Zion Canyon and, 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 and everything in Nevada and, and, and all those sides. I've seen your oceans, the Atlantics and the Pacifics. I have crossed over River Nile. Jida, Uganda, on my way to uh, Rwanda. I've seen Mount Kilimanjaro, the tallest vol vol uh, volcanic mountain in the world. I've seen Mount Kenya. I've seen everything. And the Bible says Jesus made them in six days. But for this mansion I'm talking about, he promised I am going to prepare. It's been 2,000 years and the Lord has been working on them. I just wonder, I just wonder how beautiful, how powerful, how magnificent, how glorious. How, uh, let me just uh, chat with you for a second. Your, your biggest doubt when you enter heaven will be that you really are there you will be waking up to you'll be hoping to wake up and 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 let this dream end because you're saying this cannot be real juma in the presence of this mansion me 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 a dream when will i wake up and find out it was just a wrong dream Jesus said, if it were not so, I would have told you. And you got a group of sects and cults out there who are going about and they're saying, heaven is full. And I'm going, where did they collect their data? Where did they get their information? He who came from heaven, he who went back to build in heaven, is saying, if it were not so, I would have told you. But there's a religion of some kind telling you heaven is full. Don't worry about it. No, we stand upon the promises of the word of God. That will never change. Ladies and gentlemen, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, there is a mansion for you. 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 There is one for you. There is one for you. There is one for me. There is one for you. Pastor, there is one for you. There is one for you. And I can't believe there is one for me. Look forward to heaven. When I talk this message in the poor parts of Africa, where people live under trees and caves and stones, and I tell them, one of these days, the ground will be level. And it does not matter what you are in life, your economic or social status, on that day, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, he says, there will be a mansion for everyone. You don't have to worry about electricity and maintenance and water and what have you. Because there will be no more night on that day. I am going there because 
My departed loved ones have gone ahead of me. I'm going there because my treasures are there. I'm going there because my mansion is there. But that's not all. May I give you another one? I am going to heaven because my name is there. My name is written there. I want to read for you Luke chapter 10 and verse number 17. Luke 10 and verse number 17. The Bible says these words. Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you. But rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Friends, Charles Juma is a very small man. I am not anybody important in this life. I want to submit to you that in Washington, D.C., they don't know me. Nobody knows me in Washington, D.C. My name is not there. I want to submit to you in Jerusalem. They don't know me because I'm a very small man in Kremlin, Russia. They don't know me in, uh, in Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, maybe they don't have my name in the white state house there. But ladies and gentlemen, as a preacher this morning, God is not going like calling Michael the angel. Michael, who is that little boy preaching in Forest Road Baptist Church? While my name is not in Washington, D.C., in Jerusalem, in Kremlin, in London, my name is in uh, before the throne of thrones, before the God of the universe. One of these days, I will walk those gates and they will not be going, where did you come from? Who are you? No, I will walk in there as a redeemed son of God. My name is there. They are waiting for me. They are expecting me. I'm a child of heaven. And I'm going there. You see, it does not matter if they know me here or not. As long as I am known there. It does not matter whether Obama knows me or whether Kibaki of Kenya knows me or whether this guy of Russia knows me. It matters that God who made the universe, who redeemed mankind, calls me by name. He knows me. I'm not a stranger in heaven. No, I'm a stranger in this world. Heaven is my home. I am passing by and I'm going home. I'm not a stranger there. I am a stranger here. So they, they may not know me here, but, but they know me. They know me when I get there. They are cheering for me right now. They're saying, Charles, preach the word. I can see Abraham and Isaac and all these guys saying, preach the word, preach the word. They know me. They, 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 they want me to run the race like they did and finish it with victory and joy and power. You see, my name is there. The question for you this morning is your name in the Lamb's book of life. Your name may be in all kinds of books and records in this world. But one day will come when they will open up the books and they will open up one more book. It's called the Lamb's book of life. And the Bible says, whoever's name was not found written in the Lamb's, in the Lamb's book of life, he or she was cast in the lake of fire. Do you know Jesus as Savior? Has your name been written in the Lamb's book of life? Have you been redeemed? Is Jesus your Savior? Are you forgiven? Are you a citizen, a child of heaven? Do you know him this morning? Do you? Do you? Do you? Oh, how I pray that when I'm done this morning, that you will not, I beg, leave those doors. You see, he paid it all. When I preach this sermon on the mission field, I tell them one of the, uh, one of the theories I have, this is not biblical, it's theory about hell is that hell has only one entry but there is no exit but when you enter hell 
when you open the door and you enter hell and you turn around, there will be a writing on the door that says you didn't have to come here. Because Jesus paid it all. On the cross, he paid it all. On the cross, he paid it all. His blood was spilled and shed for your sins. You do not have a reason to go to hell. Jesus died for you. Jesus paid it all for you. You have no reason to go to hell. Jesus died on the cross for you. He gave his all for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? I'm going there because my departed loved ones are there. I'm going there because my treasures are there. I'm going there because my mansion is there. I'm going there because my name is there. But may I give you just one more? I am going there because my citizenship is there. I am a citizen of heaven. I am a citizen of heaven. My citizenship is there. And I want to read for you uh, in the book of Philippians chapter number 3 and, uh, and verse number 20. Listen to these words of Paul to this wonderful church. He says, for uh, let me begin in verse number 19. Whose end is destruction. Whose God is either is is their belly, whose glory is their shame, who set their minds on the earthly things, is making a, comp a comparison. But for you and me, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, According to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. The um, Philippi was a colony of the Roman government. And this is the place where they send all the retired soldiers. It was a little Hawaii. It was a beautiful island. And so everybody who dwelt there prided themselves for being residents and natives and citizens of Philippi. But Paul is going to correct that theology. He's going to tell them, uh, you should not be focusing on this earthly city called Philippi. I remind you, believers, your citizenship is in heaven. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, I know only of one country where there will be no more terrorism. I know only of one country where we will not have to shut our doors at night. I know only one country where you will not have to carry a gun. I know only of one country where you will not have to worry about your sickness and your security. I know only about one country in which safety and security will never be a concern again. That country is not America. That country is not uh, uh, England. That country is not Israel. That country is not Kenya. That country is another country where Paul and Peter and John were looking forward to. Are you a citizen of heaven? You only become one by acknowledging that you are a sinner, that Jesus took your place on Calvary, that, that, that through faith in him, you can be born again into the kingdom of God and out of this kingdom on earth. I am going to heaven because my departed loved ones have gone ahead of me and look forward to seeing them. I'm going to heaven because my treasures are there. I'm going to heaven because my mansion is there. I'm going to heaven because my name is there. I'm going to heaven because um, my citizenship is there. But, but um, I have one last one, if you don't mind. If you don't mind. And I call you to Revelation chapter number 7. I call you to Revelation chapter number 7. There is only one more I want to give you here. Revelation 7 and verse number uh, 13. Let me read that for us. Revelation 7, 13. The Bible says these words. 
Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, These are the ones who come out of great tribulation, and washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God, and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger anymore, nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them, nor any heat. For the lamb, the lamb, the lamb who is in their midst, who is in the midst of the throne, will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, this last reason, if, if you want to forget everything else I've said, this last reason is the most important reason I want to go to heaven. If there was no this last reason, you can have all the mansions, you can have everything else you want in heaven. If there is not this one reason, it is not the kind of heaven I want to go to. I want to go to heaven because my Savior is there. Pastor Jamal, come, come help me. Come help me. I don't know about you. Just stand there. Just stand there with me. I don't know about you. But this Jesus, I've been preaching for over 20 years now. I have gone through many trials and temptations of God without serving him in tears and sorrow and pain I have walked with him and yes some of the times I've heard his voice in the thunder or I've seen him in nature but I've never seen him face to face many of you who have been serving God for a long time the choir you've been singing about him for, for all these years but you haven't seen him face to face this Jesus for whom I have, I have gone through the night and crossed rivers and valleys and mountains to the darkest corners of the earth. Talking with money without money, with food without food, crossing dangers of life. And there are times that I read the Bible and I hear his voice. And there are times I watch the body in the morning and I see an image or I see nature. But I haven't seen him face to face. But I finally, I finally, I finally, I finally get to see my Savior. I finally, the trumpet will sound, the sky will give way, and the Son of Man will come back. And the dead in Christ will rise. And we who are alive will be chained in a twinkle of an eye. Ladies and gentlemen, there will be a crowd from South America that go to meet him. And there will be a, a, a crowd from Asia that come to meet him. And there will be a crowd from the plains of Africa that come to meet him. And there will be a crowd from North America and Canada that come to meet him. And I will be in that crowd. And in that crowd, I know that my sister Phoebe would want to have a chat with me. It's been a long time. And she will see me. And she will say, Charles, my brother, I get to see you again. But I want to tell Phoebe, could you just give me one second? Just one second. And I know I will see you there. And you'll come, Pastor Juma, I know you. I know you. You preach in our church. And I say, I know you too. Could I just have one minute, please? And I know the crowd will be big, but I want to somehow wade my way. I want to go slowly, but surely. Nothing, no one will stop me. There is one person I want to see in heaven. More than anyone. More than Abraham. More than David. More than Phoebe. There is one person I'm in love with. There is somebody who loved me. There is someone who gave himself for my sake. There is someone who's been guiding me and talking with me. There is someone I determine, I am convinced I must see in heaven. 
So I want to, I want to wade my way. And I want to go. And I know that I passed by Daniel over here. Daniel is saying, may I tell you a story of how I went to the lion's den. I said, that's a wonderful story. But could you just wait a minute? And Abraham is, is about to talk to me about how he was about to kill Isaac. And I'm going to say, Abraham, that's a wonderful story. Could you just give me a minute? And Moses is coming. Man, walking on dry land on red sea, over Red Sea. That was a wonderful experience. And I said, Moses, just one second, please. Just one second. And I want to just go slowly. I want to go slowly. I get to see him. Who 2,000 years ago hung on the tree, rejected of mankind, but he loved me, he would not give up. I want to take his hand. I want to see the back of Calvary. The nails that were speared for my soul. I want to take the other hand by the nails on the tree. I want to see. And by the way, the Trinity, when you get there, there will be no doubt who Jesus is. He is the only person of the Trinity with a human body. You will know him. And I want to see those hands where the nail pierced. And I want to kneel down and I want to see his feet. Whether they, they nailed this scar was my scar. This wound was my wound. I'm the one who caused it. I want to see uh, on this other side of the feet that they, they pierce for my sins. I want to I wanna come back to his side. I want to see the side where the, sp the spear went through. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to look at him in the face. And I don't know whether I should shout hallelujah. Or whether I should jump up and up and up. Or whether I should kneel down. Or whether I should keep quiet forever. But, but. But I want to I wanna hug him one more time and tell him, Jesus, I love you. I love you. I love you. You see, friends, my only everlasting portion is not the crown. Jesus is my everlasting portion. He is my everlasting inheritance. He is my all in all. He is my friend. He is the one who gave it all. For my soul. I don't know about you. But if Jesus is not in heaven. I'm not going there. But I'm going there because my savior is there. I think I told you. That I'd only see three sons. But I have a seventh one. And it only takes a second. My number seven reason why I want to go to heaven. I want to go there. If you will be there. I want to go to heaven. If you promise me, you will be there. I know we are not supposed to be unhappy in heaven, but you will make my day, my sad day in heaven, should I get there and realize you did not come. Having sat within the sound of my preaching and heard this sermon, how do you walk away without Jesus? I will cry in heaven, should I find out you never made it because you rejected Christ. Could you promise me you too will be there? Pastor Jamal, thank you. Let me finish up with this illustration. A man was dying. He was a believer in Christ. He was dying. And so he called his wife, Jen. And he called his first son, Luke. And he called his second son, John. And he called his third son, Mark, so he could give them the last word. And he looked at his wife, and he said, Jen, good night. And he looked at his first son, and he said, son, good night. And he looked at his second son, and he said, son, good night. And he looked at his third son, and he said, son, 
goodbye. And the third son was stunned. He looked at his father and he said, Dad, how come you talked to my mother and you said goodnight, and my other brother and you said goodnight, and my other brother and you said goodnight, but when you came to me, you said goodbye. And uh, the dying man looked at his son, younger son, younger son, and he said, son, when we go to bed at night, and we know we, we, we will wake up in the morning and see each other, what do we tell each other? Do we tell each other goodnight or goodbye? And the son said, dad, we tell each other goodnight. And he said, you know, your mother believes in my savior, and your brother believes in my savior, and your other brother believes in my savior, and I'm going to sleep for a short time. And I will wake up one of these mornings and I will see them again. For, so, for, for them, it is good night. But for you, you don't know my Savior. Goodbye. This is my sermon in American churches as I, as I take off to Africa. I'm going to go through a very dangerous trip. I'm going to go through valleys and mountains and countries where they kidnap and kill and rob and do all kinds of things. No, I'm not planning to die. I'm just telling you the truth. But also, who knows? This could be actually my last sermon in this church. And if you and I were never to see each other again in this life, should I say goodbye or good night? Do you know Jesus as Savior? I'm going because my beloved ones have gone ahead of me. I'm going because my treasures are there. I'm going there because my mansion is there. I'm going there because my name is written there. I'm going there because my citizenship is there. Last end very important. I'm going there because my Savior is there. But I sure do want to see you too. On, a, on this ending note, I am going to Africa and I'm preaching around the world because I want to take everybody with me. Wouldn't you like to take your neighbor with you as well? Can you really want to go to heaven alone? People in hell don't want company. People in heaven want company so much so that when one sinner is saved, the Bible says, angels in heaven rejoice. But the rich man is hell. The rich man in hell is saying, don't warn my brothers. Don't let them not come here. People in hell don't want company. People in heaven want company. I want company in heaven. That is why I'm preaching. I want my neighbor, my workmate, I want this community, this country, this world to come to heaven with me. I want Africa to come with me to heaven. Will you tell somebody to come to heaven with you if you are going there? But if you don't know him, please, I'm going to be here, Pastor Jamal is here, the deacons are here. Please, could you give us a second? Don't fear the people around. You're saying, I don't know him or I am not sure. I want to pray with you, I want to talk with you. You're a believer. Do you walk like you're a stranger in this world? Are you looking forward to that city and country which will be there forever? Where is your investment? If God is dealing with you in some way this morning, whether you just want to know him, or you know somebody that you want to pray for who needs to join you in this journey to heaven, please be burdened this morning for somebody else. Jesus was. We must be burdened for people. I want you all in this city, in this country, in this world to go to heaven with me. Thank you, Pastor Jamal.